You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome into the Hoist the Colors podcast. We are live and uh, get, got about a one-minute, two-minute late start. We were discussing some uh, some good stuff off the air pre-show. Uh, I'm Stephen Igo, host of Hoist the Colors. I'm joined by Macy O'Donnell, who has been with us all preseason long, previewing every position. We've made it to the end. We're going to kind of jam all the defensive backs into one here, Macy O. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about, uh, but uh, we finally made it to the end. Preseason camp's underway. We can get into some of that if, if anybody has any questions. But, uh, man, we're finally here and ready to talk some DBs. Uh, you, you ready for the season yet? You ready to get going? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I started. I saw the Jets playing the other night, and I didn't even realize they had a game going on. So I was like, dang, really, football season is here already. So I'm just ready to go see some college football now. Yeah, the the Hall of Fame game, Jets, uh, Browns, I believe it was. Uh, that marks – they say every year, like, once the Hall of Fame game comes and goes, that's like you have football on every week from now until February, either yeah. NFL or college. So that's a, a good feeling to have for sure. Uh, we are live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook, live on Twitter. If you got a question, a comment, anything, we'll discuss it. Uh, of course, we're sticking with defensive back talk, me and Maceo today. For the most part, but if you want to branch out, ask anything about how the preseason is going, feel free to drop it in the comments on uh, YouTube or Facebook. That's where we'll get the, the comments shown up on the uh, the streaming software we're using. We'll answer those, and uh, we got a lot to talk about from a defensive back perspective. So um, we'll uh, we'll get into that. We've we got a question here. You may know this, Maceo, from Christian. He says, speaking of the Jets, is DJ Ford playing anywhere these days? Are you, are you keeping in contact with DJ at all? I haven't talked to DJ in a little bit, but I know he did get a mini camp invite with them. And I don't I don't think he's um, still with them now. Um, but DJ is one of those people, you know, he came from Carolina. So he has some uh, a good brain on the top of his head. So he's probably out there doing something smart and something he's supposed to do. Um, but he was a great safety for us at, at ECU for, I think, the year he played with us. Um, and he was one of the hardest guys to go against, honestly. 
Yeah, he was a big dude. He, he's one of the few UNC transfers that showed up in great condition. Yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of those guys have either had to add weight or, or lose some after showing up to ECU. Uh, and we've got several UNC transfers to talk about in this preview because there are a couple in the defensive backfield. So how we're going to do this is we got uh, you know the, the two corner positions, obviously, and the way ECU does it is kind of a boundary corner, which plays – uh, to the boundary side of the field, and then you got the field cornerback, which plays to the wide side of the field, you know, where there's more room. That's typically how they do it. You know, of course, guys can play both sides, but they like to have personnel kind of split up that way. And then you got safety, which is similar, uh, similar circumstance, boundary safety, field safety as well, where they play more to the side of the field. Usually you want your faster safety playing the field, your better run stopper playing the boundary, really at corner and safety. We talked about the Sam linebackers last week in our linebacker preview. So, you know, some of those guys can go back and forth between safety and linebacker, but we kind of already discussed them, like Rod Rod Dilworth, Kingston McKentry, some of those guys. All right, Macy, let's talk uh, Let's talk corners first. Again, keep dropping your questions. We'll get to those as we go along. Um, but this is, a, this is basically a brand-new room outside of the fact you do have, I think, two returners, which is kind of crazy. But neither of them really played last year. Siobhan Revel is a uh, second-year former JUCO transfer. He is back. And Isaiah Brown-Murray was a was a true freshman last year. He redshirted, but they get a little bit of action, travel with the team. So those are your only returners. Gone is Malik Fleming, uh, a pre-Washington who was a transfer last year. He's gone. Uh, Demel Hickman, Jawan Powell. Trying to think Fletcher Marshall's gone. Jamani Wilson's gone. So, like – it's a brand new room. You got a new corners coach. Jules Montanar takes over for Steve Ellis. So before we get into the personnel here, just what are your expectations for this group with so many new faces and you know some guys returning? Yeah, I mean, we, we got a lot of transfers coming in this year. And we also have IBM and Siobhan who really stand out for me, um, who's coming back. Siobhan, like you said, is a, a JUCO guy, a young guy, um, has a lot of length and speed. So um, even, you know, he did a little bit of scout team last year and he was very tough to go against for, you know, inside and outside receivers. So I think a lot of the guys from last year um, talk very highly of him and think he'll have a big impact on the team. And IBM is one of those young guys who's very fundamental. Uh, reminds you of kind of a Jaquan McMillan when he was a freshman, a guy who was really patient, did what he was supposed to do, was always kind of in the right spots. Um, but last year we did have a lot of guys who had had a lot of playing time, um, a lot of old heads like Jawan Powell, Demel Hickman. Um, Malik Fleming and a lot of those guys moved on to other places but I think those two guys are the ones who stand out for me this year um, but I definitely think there's some other transfer guys who have had a little bit of playing time and some experience that can help the group also yeah I, I won't forget last year like I remember talking to people around the program and they were saying you know I know these guys aren't playing speaking of Siobhan and IBM and but that they were basically they felt long term they were just as good or had as much upside, I should say, as kind of yeah. the, the older guys. And I don't know, it's got to be tough for coaches because you, you got your loyalty to like Malik Fleming. You're not going to take out Malik because he had been, what, a three-year starter. He'd been right. an all-conference guy. Jawan Powell had, you know, switched positions a bunch, had done a lot for the program. So, you know, if you could go back and do it, maybe you play Siobhan and IBM more. And I think both of them are going to play a lot this year. Uh, I guess just the the inexperience factor at corner maybe worries you some, Maceo, with those two yeah. guys. But I think the good news is, like, I look at Siobhan, and I haven't seen a corner physically at ECU that's 6'2", 
you know, 180, runs a 4-4. I mean, he is long yeah. and he's fast. Like, he looks like an NFL corner, and I'm trying, not trying to put him that, that much pressure on him. But if he kind of lives up to his potential, you know, to me, he could be as good as any corner he's had in a while. Just, you know, do you feel like the upside is there, even though maybe the experience is not? Yeah, definitely. The only two concerns for me about Siobhan is that he's a little bit undersized as far as weight. Um, he definitely has that height and length. And for sure, he has the speed and athleticism to keep up with anybody. But just that inexperience and a little bit of the weight factor um, when you're playing, and, you know, some big guys, especially week one, those receivers are probably going to be his size, um, but maybe 20 or 30 pounds heavier than him. Um, so that can be hard to guard at sometimes. But, you know, I think this past year specifically, we were trying to win a bowl game for the first time in eight or nine years. So um, a lot of times you don't want to even though you want to give them experience, you want to roll with your older guys who have kind of been in the fire and those who trust to get the job done. All right. So field corner right now, Isaiah Brown Murray is, uh, is working there and he worked there last year a lot with uh, some of the guys uh, who we talked about previously. Uh, also in that mix as I'm out of preseason camp, you've got the, uh, the freshman Antoine Jackson, who was a four-star corner. You've also got Tymeer Brown, the UNC transfer. Those are kind of the other real standouts I'm hearing. You've got some other freshmen as well, which we'll mention later on. Um, but Tymeer Brown's a guy who has made a big leap from the spring to now. I think kind of struggled at first adapting to the program, makes some big, big strides over the summer. I think he's in a, a spot where he's going to play. And then Antoine Jackson, young kid, he's 17 years old. He's, he's, a, he's a year younger than the rest of his class because he reclassified up a year. But I've just heard and I've seen from a coverage standpoint, he's long, he's 6'1", he runs really well, he can jump. Again, weight-wise, he's he's undersized, but I think he can get by just off covering for now. Um, I expect those guys to play. Have you heard anything, Maceo, from your your sources on uh, Tymeer or Antoine, just those young guys? Uh, not too much about those guys. Um, you know, they always speak very well about the younger guys who are coming in, and I think they have a good group that can kind of show them the ropes and teach them. Um, but even him, you know, and some of the transfer guys, this is a new corners coach, and chances are they might not have been recruited by him. Um, so it's a new coach. So they're kind of getting used to the coach and uh, the offense. I mean, the defense as well. Um, so I think, you know, anyone can really step up into those positions. But, you know, you just kind of see who the coaches feel comfortable with. The other side, the other uh, transfers we haven't touched on at cornerback yet are Jonathan Jones from Campbell and also Rance Connor from Louisville. So Jonathan Jones played a ton of football at Campbell. He's a bigger guy, six foot, 195 kind of fits that boundary mold, uh, you know, kind of a bigger corner. He's going to help you more in, in the running game. And also Rance Connor, who is a three-star recruit out of Florida, a couple of recruiting classes ago. He's probably more of a nickelback, you know, thicker body at corner. He's, he's played some boundary as well, but he's going to be more of a nickel, I think, uh, long-term. But Jones is interesting because he's played a ton of football at the FCS level. And he's graded out really well, according to Pro Football Focus. And I'm looking at his stats now. So spent the last two years as a starting corner for Campbell, logged more than 500 snaps defensively in 2022, 383 more in 2021, uh, earned a Pro Football Focus grade of near 70 both years, which for those unfamiliar is, is well above average grade. So – I expect him to play, and honestly, he's probably your most experienced corner in terms yeah. of in terms of snaps uh, at this point. But I guess it's just you know, for me, Siobhan, Jonathan, IBM for sure. Like I feel pretty good about that trio, and 
you know, we'll see how it all how it all plays out, Maceo. But you know, I kind of look at those five. You got some other guys in the mix with Rance, you know, potentially playing as well. Like I feel like the talent is there. It's just how all this is going to play out is the uh, is the one question mark at this point. Yeah, definitely. And I, I remember Jonathan kind of last year going over uh, the scouting report, and they had two pretty good corners over there and a good defensive line. And, um, you know, we, we beat them, but you can definitely see those guys have a lot of experience and have played a lot of ball. Um, so I think, you know, definitely those three are probably the the top guys right now. And I think it's just up to the coaches who you want to go with that experience over the youth and kind of a different way to play the ball. So the other uh, freshman corners, we'll mention them. There's um, a couple of walk-ons as well, but also scholarship-wise. They added uh, Rico Watkins and Dalen Diston. Uh, Jules Montanar actually brought those guys in after uh, being added to the staff in the spring as late signees. So those guys may be looking at red shirt, maybe special teams role, depending on what happens there. But those are a couple of other guys. He also picked up uh, a talented walk-on from Green Central High School, Jonathan Willis. We got a question from Chance Scott from uh, John Willis. Is he going to get any punt return opportunities? Dude has blazing speed. He is fast. He, he ran multiple sub 11-second uh, 100-meter dashes. Uh, when I'm out of practice, I haven't seen him working too much with the return team yet. You know, typically freshmen, it's hard for them to crack that group, but it is a possibility in time. You know, I think he, this will be more of a developmental year for Jonathan, at least early on. We'll see what happens. But I, I like his his long-term upside for sure. Um so let's uh, let's transition now to the safety position, Maceo. And we do have some guys here who have played some football. We'll start with Julius Wood, who I think pound for pound may be one of the most talented players on the team. Just your thoughts on Julius and how much of a breakout year he enjoyed last year. Yeah, Julius is, you know, is one of those guys who flies around. I think this year he's a preseason second team all conference for the American. So, you know, he's definitely getting some recognition and some coverage, you know, around the conference and guys really know who he is. Um, but what strikes out to me from Julius is that he kind of came out of nowhere. A couple years ago, we were playing at Houston. We had like four delays there and he that was the first game I really noticed him out there and they gave him some chances. Coach Weaver um, put him out there and kind of developed him and let him go out there and make some plays. But ever since then, you know, he's been on the field making huge plays for us, really big hits. Um, and, you know, I kind of wish I could do what he does, just find around hitting guys like he does. But, you know, it's not my forte. But Julius is one of those guys who's a leader now, um, a guy who's been around the program for a few years. And I think he's definitely going to help developing some of the other guys in the room, him and Tegan. Yeah, you want to talk about just like development of a program like to me, he kind of fits that mold. Came in as a junior college recruit, really was not highly recruited. Maceo, I think he had like one or two offers, kind of committed. Mm -hmm. You know, Trip Weaver did an excellent job identifying him. His first year, like you mentioned, he kind of, you know, developed, didn't play a ton till the end of the year, then grew into a bigger role last year. So it's just yeah. always fun to see those guys develop like that. Um, and, you know, some schools come calling. Uh, I think an SEC school or two tried to get him into the portal. He ended up staying at ECU for his senior year. So uh, really excited about what Julius brings to the table. He kind of slots in as that field safety. And then on the other side of boundary, you got another guy who's played a ton of football, Tegan Wilk. He's been banged up at times with injuries in the past. I know he played through a knee injury a lot of last year. Uh, still gutted it out, still made some key plays. And, um, you know, Tegan just always been a, a fun guy to watch, especially when he's healthy, Maceo. He's yeah. as good as anybody on the in the defensive backfield. 
Yeah, definitely those two, Tegan Wilk and Julius Wood. Those are some guys who, um, playing at the slot in practice, you're definitely keeping an eye on them um, if they're coming to um, fit the run and everything. If you got to block those guys, you better buckle your chin strap for sure. Um, but I definitely like both those guys. I think those guys bring a lot of fire and intensity to the defense. Yeah, you know, Mike Houston is a safeties uh, coaching background and, you know, obviously Tripp as well. So, like, I feel like they want safeties, Messio, that that bring that intensity, that kind of have that natural leadership. And if there's anything I know about Mike Houston, he likes a safety that's going to come downhill and hit you in the mouth. Yeah. I feel like both these guys will do that. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Definitely. I, I definitely think, too, on the other hand, that those guys are some run fitters. And we had Jaira Wilson playing back there last year who um, kind of could do a little bit of everything, who was kind of getting the place, had a lot of past deflections last year. So I think, you know, this year they'll have to do a little bit more of that. Um, but definitely those guys will come down and hit you right in the face. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, uh, behind them, you've got a lot of competition right now. you got some new guys that have joined the program. Uh, you also got some guys that have uh, that have really been developing at East Carolina. Uh, Devin King is a, is a guy that I'm really looking forward to watching this year. You know, came in as a transfer walk on from Marshall, got a scholarship I think prior to last year's bowl game, um, and really since the spring and really since last preseason, I thought Devin King has made some huge strides, and he's kind of backing up Wilk, pushing him for a starting job. Are, are you expecting a bigger role for Devin this year? Yeah, definitely. And you just you, if you watch Devin closely the last few years, you just seen him grow every season. And last year specifically, I mean, he was making a ton of plays on special teams. Um, and that's why you see him up there for preseason special teams, uh, all conference as well. Um, and he's not a returner or a kicker or anything like that. So he's out there making a lot of tackles um, and doing his job every play. Um, so I definitely see Devin making a push forward. And I think we do sub a little bit or a lot at safety as well in DB. Um, so you definitely see him out there. Another former walk-on who I'm expecting to play some this year is Ty Moss uh, yeah. out of Whiteville. And, you know, I don't think he's been put on scholarship yet, could get one in the near future, but he's been in the program, what, three, four years now and seems to yeah. be a guy ready for that next step too. And, you know, pretty pretty fast. Uh, he was a high school quarterback, athletic. He's kind of made that transition to DB over the past few years. So uh, are you expecting Ty to play some this year too? Yeah, I think so too. For Ty especially, I think – you know, everyone kind of moves up. First, it was Julius getting that time. I think this year is probably Devin kind of growing into that role. And I think Ty is going to have to make a lot of plays on special teams this year and and get that chance at the uh, at safety as well. Um, you never know what can happen on defense. Those guys are very physical, always hitting, always around the ball. So you definitely need guys who can step up when their name is called. And I think Ty's one of those guys who've been around for a while and kind of been waiting his turn patiently. Um, and I think it's about that time for him to get that chance. Some more safeties, two big transfers this offseason. We talked about Tamir Brown at corner, who I expect to play a role. Dontavious Nash, uh, who, who went into the same recruiting class at North Carolina with Tamir. He transferred over to ECU as well. He is in the safety room, kind of profiles more as the field safety, not the biggest guy in the world, but can really run, and he's pretty long. So uh, they really like his coverage ability. He's looked good in practice from what I've seen, especially against the pass, which we talked about, and we'll get into that. That, that needs to be an area they address. Uh, and then Omar Rogers from Elon. He was an all-CAA safety. You know, he, he is dealing with a little bit of a knee. He's out there in a knee brace from his last game at Elon. But but, but during his time with the Phoenix, Maceo, this is a guy that graded out really top-notch. I think he had like five picks or six picks yeah. over the past couple of years. Really physical. 
Uh, so again, you look at it, we've named six safeties. We haven't even talked about Jordan Huff yet. who can also play safety. So yeah. I feel like there's, uh, there's some good depth here, especially with those transfers coming in. Yeah, definitely. And and for me, one of those concerns this year was for the, the DBs as well as kind of some of the skilled players in O-line on the offense, just because you lost so many guys. But like you said, there's six or seven guys you just named there who can play and two of them who've got two or three of them who've gotten a lot of experience. So, I mean, I think those guys will be fine. And I think Tegan and Juju being older guys now can definitely show the boys the ropes. All right, Jordan and Huff, when I was out at practice watching the safeties a couple of uh, a couple of days ago, they were going through, you know, their little positional drills, and they all looked fast, but Jordan Huff looked like a different type of fast. Like, he was moving. He was explosive. He's com- And he's coming off a major injury. Um, yeah. But he was a big, big recruit out of high school, former Georgia Tech transfer. Probably was going to play last year. Uh, it sounds like he'll probably slot in at nickel or somewhere in the safety room this year. Um, any thoughts on him? I don't know if you got to see him practice at all last year uh, before he got injured. Yeah, he got hurt kind of like on the one play before I did in, in one-on-ones. Um, and, you know, even that play he made, and I think he broke up the play, it was just an athletic play of him jumping up and kind of landing awkwardly. But uh, you could definitely see the flashes then um, in just those few periods of, you know, a third practice um, during spring ball. Um, so I, th- I definitely think Jordan is, is de- very versatile and can play those two safety and nickel positions. Uh, so a ton of guys here, man, and we haven't even gotten into some of the the other guys like uh, you know Melvin Jacobs, Josh Benton, or two walk ons with some potential. Uh, Kamari Kent- McKinley, Javian Clark are two freshman safeties who are pretty highly recruited. So, I mean, you do need a lot of DBs for a to play the the four positions, but also for special teams, Maceo. I mean, you yeah. know as well as anybody, you got to have good depth at receiver safety linebacker for special teams and uh i I feel like going through this this preview i I feel like this team has that and i guess the big key is how it all comes together and you know the other thing is clearly health i think that you know guys like huff tegan uh even julius wood who's you know has been healthy in the past but you got to keep your key guys healthy and then the guys who have struggled with injuries in the past they have to stay healthy too so um just your overall thoughts on this group as we kind of look at it today yeah, I think Coach Weaver has done a really good job of kind of developing the group just over the years, just looking back at the Gerard Stringers, uh, Jairo Wilsons, even the Jawan Powell's and some of those guys in the safety room. Um, and I think every year is kind of a question, maybe who's the next person to step up, and you already have that one. Um, so I expect nothing less this year, probably from Ty Moss, Devin King, and some of those other guys, transfers, Omar, getting some opportunities in the room. But it's definitely a good thing to have a lot of guys who you can play. Um, and like you said, special teams is a huge part and uh, something that we can improve on every year. Um, and you definitely need some guys who can run down there and make some hits because that's kind of how you make a name for yourself as well. So if there's one thing that I feel good about with the DBs, it's, uh, it's stopping the run, especially with the safeties. And I feel like this team is going to be good stopping the run. Maceo, once again, may, you know, maybe not as dominant as last year because they have made some personnel changes, I think, to get better against the pass. You know, like I look at, you know, some of the linebackers we talked about last week and even some of these safeties, like I think, you know, if you go with Dontavious Nash or some of these smaller DBs, um, maybe you take a hit in the run game, but you're better against the pass. So I don't know, like last year, EC ranked 131st out of 133 teams in in passing yards allowed. Like that is not, you know, realistically good enough. They got to get better there. 
And so what do you think that balance is like from the coaching staff's perspective of, hey, we, you know, we, we love these safeties that are physical, can come down and hit, but we got to be better in coverage. And pass rush goes into that. You know, that is just as important as, as pass coverage. But uh, there has to be a balance here for sure. Yeah, I think you definitely, the coaches this year, definitely have that confidence in the in the D-line that they'll really help stopping the run. And kind of just that physical, the personnel changes from last year going from more bigger dudes to kind of more slimmer, longer, faster guys this year. Um, I think that's definitely built to stop the pass for sure. And I think, you know, the coaches have put them in the right position and just understand kind of the team we're playing from week to week and what they like to do. I think they'll be perfectly fine. And I def- I don't think we'll place 131st this year. Definitely not. I, I hope to see some improvements at least. Um, but I think the D-line, it, it, it starts up front and they'll definitely help the, the back end and get to the quarterback back and help them maybe not just be sitting back there covering for five days so yeah i, I mean <laughs> that's the thing you're only as good as your your pass rush or your yeah. pass coverage i mean you, both of them got to be good if one of them is bad it exposes the other one so yeah. uh, you got to be solid in both i do feel like they've made the right personnel adjustments there uh now it's just a matter of how it all comes together the one thing i will caution fans with is uh like, don't get discouraged if if they give up some big plays in the first couple games because you're not you're not going out there facing chopped liver uh, week yeah. one, week two. We just saw the coaches poll come out today. Michigan's ranked second nationally, um, so that's going to be a uh, it's going to be quite the challenge. Um, but you know, great opportunity, and so we'll see what happens there. But you know, if they give up some big plays early, I think it's going to take time for this group to gel. That's just yeah. part of it when you bring in so many new faces. Um, Somebody did ask – Chuck asked who will be the starters for the four defensive backs. Um, I'll go through my list, and you can – you know, you can throw out any different ideas if you got them, ACO. So, I think Julius and Tegan will likely start at safety. Again, this is for all sure. assuming if everybody's healthy. For sure. Um, and then, you know, I've just heard so much talk about Siobhan Revel. Like, I feel like he's got to start. And I think they're going to go with IBM at the other corner at this point. Again, long way between now and September 2nd, 26 days, by the way, which is IBM's number. So I'm going with IBM (laughs) uh, for field corner. Uh, But I do think there's a lot of competition there. Like I don't – wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Jones, uh, Tamir Brown, even Antoine Jackson end up starting a corner before the season's over. Just any differing thoughts there? Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right about the safeties. Uh, Juju and, and Tegan will definitely start if they're both healthy when the season comes. Um, and I definitely say Siobhan maybe um, end up playing the field and then you put Jonathan at the boundary corner. Um, I just like his experience. Um, I definitely see IBM. He's, he's going to get to play for sure. IBM will get a lot of time this year and a lot of snaps, but I just think you have to go with that experience just off the bat. Um, you want to get a good start, have a good feeling for the season and kind of make sure everyone's on a big mindset and you don't want to have a, a huge bust, you know, on one of the first plays in the first few games because you're playing some really good teams. Like you said, Michigan's ranked second in the country uh, by the coaches poll, at least. And then you're going to play Marshall and App State, who aren't any slouches. Um, we got killed by App State a few years ago, so they're a good team as well. Um, so I think you just have to go with that experience. Yeah, there's no doubt. And But, hey, I think as much overall talent and depth in this room as they've had in years, so looking yeah. forward to seeing how it all comes together. Um, Steve Shocker, which I, I don't believe is a real name, he wants to know when is the special teams podcast? <sighs> There's not a special teams podcast, Steve, but what I can tell you, if you got a special teams question, throw it at me now. Uh, I'll <laughs> answer it. And 
Here's what you need to know. Special teams, uh, punt returner, you got a couple guys working there. You got Josh Murphy, Brock Spalding. You got Javius Bond and Josiah Hatfield. Kick return, Josiah Hatfield, who took one back last year. Welcome. Uh, Yep, Maceo with the block. Welcome. (laughs) Spring him. Um, I'm trying to think who else is back there at kick return. I don't know if Josh is if Josh Murphy's working kick. No, return. You, you might you might see Jari Patterson back there, maybe doing right. some kick return. Yeah, he did, and he's 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 done some work at punt return in the past, but he could do some kick return. He was actually getting some reps at outside receiver today because he's been doing so good. They're moving him around, trying to get him on the field. Um, he's having a good preseason. Kerry King maybe can make an appearance back there, returning the ball as well. Yeah, Kerry's fast, so. Those are kind of your return guys. Uh, punting, Luke Larson is competing with Archer Trafford, who's the transfer from Mississippi State. That's a pretty neck-and-neck competition. We'll see who wins that. Kicking-wise, so I was told today, basically they got four kickers that they feel good about. Yeah. And, you know, they brought in Jerry Rice from VMI. <laughs> He's in the mix. He's an all-conference kicker. Not the Jerry Rice, but a different Jerry Rice. Um, and then Carson Smith is healthy. He's had an awesome preseason. As of today, I don't want to jinx him. Let me knock on wood. He had not missed a kick in a live competition. Uh, so he's a guy who's competing. Of course, Andrew Conrad is back. And then Lath Margin has also had a really good preseason. So all four of those guys are in the mix. I would expect Lath to handle kickoffs uh, with his big leg. And snapping, I'm not as sure about at this point. I have not seen a lot of snapping. And then Larson and Trafford are doing the holding as well. Um, so. we, need, we need Slade back. Slade Roy, yeah. He's going to be like the long snapper of the year. <laughs> keep seeing him listed on all these lists. How much is Slade Roy getting paid in NIL money from LSU right now? That's no idea. <laughs> Pretty good, though, probably. <laughs> Whatever works, I guess. Um so there's your special teams preview, Steve Shocker. If you got any uh, follow-up questions, let me know. Uh, I would expect to see some new schemes this year. I'm not going to reveal what they are in case Michigan's listening. Um, but uh, I think you'll see some changes there. And then uh, Chance Scott has a question. He says, I know this is a DB preview. How do you all feel about the potential Pac-12 AAC merger? Um so I don't know if you got any thoughts on this, Maceo. We can address it real quickly. But I, so I heard AAC. Yeah. So what I heard last night. So Mike Oresco is the commissioner of the American. Yes. He's basically trying to get the, the Pac four remaining schools, which is Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State. They have nowhere to go. So he's trying to get them to join the American in football only. And ESPN, of course, has the uh, the TV contract for the American. Right now, ESPN does not have a, a single West Coast presence because I think Fox and CBS have the uh, the Mountain West and also the new teams, Big, Big, Big 10, 12, right? Big 10, yep. So basically ESPN doesn't have any West Coast content. So like those 10 p.m. games, you know, like Stanford, Oregon State, like that's not going to be a thing anymore. So what Oresco is trying to tell ESPN is, hey, give us more money basically to lure these Pac-4 schools into the American, and that can be your your West Coast window. So that is trying to be accomplished. How realistic that is, I don't know. And if this happened, that would move the American to like 18 teams. So it's not like ECU would be playing Stanford. You'd probably go to divisions, nine in each. 
East and West. And maybe you could get like a conference championship game, ECU versus Stanford, but we're not going to be seeing ECU travel to Oregon State anytime soon yeah. either way. So I don't know. I mean, conference conference football, from my vantage point, Macy was getting pretty stupid between like all these conferences, like just shelling out the money and leaving rivalries behind. I still love the games. Like that's what I, you know, I love telling the stories and I love covering the games and watching the games. You know, I don't know how you feel as a former player. Like, do y'all pay attention to any of this stuff, or like, what, like, what's what's the talk in the locker room? You know, here to see this stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of learned my lesson from you know waiting on the NCAA game to come out in 2023 and hoping we'd be on the game. Um, so you can't kind of really focus on what's to come. You just kind of focus on the present. But at the same time, um, you know, for, the biggest thing for me is financially. How would that work out if we're trying to fly to the West Coast every other week? Um, and that's not just us. You have other schools that are on the East, but we're probably the farthest East um, team in the American. Uh, but just how would that work out? And at the same time, I don't <laughs> I don't know how the other guys would feel about coming all the way to Greenville, North Carolina to try to play. Um, but you never know. It's, it's 2023. So you never know what's going to happen about to be 2024 in six, seven months. So we'll see. And, you know, I think it might be exciting. You know, you see some of these other teams moving on to different conferences and you hear about the Florida States and Clemson, maybe thinking about going to the um, AAC. And so you might, you never know. So my bid is hopefully we, we eventually get into ACC. That's my bid. I think if the ACC falls apart, specifically if like Carolina goes to the big 10 or whatever, if, if one of the UNC or NC state or both move on, I think the ACC has to take ECU at that point. You know, Wake and Duke are only moving the needle so much in football in the state of North Carolina, but we'll see. We'll see, man. I just – I try to stay away from it unless it directly involves ECU as far as conference expansion talk. And and we're getting to the point where now that I'm actually hearing the Pac-4, which is crazy as it sounds, the fact that Stanford and East Carolina could conceivably be in the same conference – I, I will talk about it, but I still – I don't like conference expansion. I know that it's it's out there. It's the elephant in the room. But I like talking about the games, the players. I know some people love conference expansion. So we'll continue to cover it as it pertains to ECU. Um, but that's about all today. Um, yeah. and, and another yeah. thing about that is just, you know, are you – do you want to bring those teams into – you know, maybe dominate our conference that we've had for been in for the past, you know, several years. I mean, because, you know, just recruiting wise, you know, we're not getting the same recruits as a Stanford or Washington or whoever else is, is still there. We're not getting those same recruits as, you know, uh, an ECU or a Memphis or some schools like that. Um, so I don't know if you guys want them to come in and take over the American, but I definitely see as it could be a business opportunity, but you know, you never know. It's it's all about the money. Hey, if if they bring more money to ECU into the league, I guess you follow the money. That's why Florida State or Clemson might eventually jump to the SEC or whatnot because I guess they could get more money. It's just follow the dollar bill, I guess, is what it comes down to. Um, Which, hey, as as somebody who has made financial decisions, I understand it. But at at some point, you know, you just run out of uh, needing more money. Maybe not. Uh, Steve Shocker says he is a real person. He says, do we see Thunder from down under? Luke Larson run the football this year. Uh, <laughs> so Luke Larson does have one career rushing attempt, maybe multiple. You remember that SMU game in 2020? 
Yeah, it was probably the highlight of my season that year. Um, but to be honest with you guys, I don't think that was um, a plan. I think he just did that himself. You know, he's about 30 years old, so he can make decisions on his own. Um, so I think that wasn't planned, and it kind of worked out and got us going. But uh, I would say don't expect that this year. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I, I think – I want to say didn't he try something similar at some point, and it didn't work out, and – we haven't seen it. Maybe it was just in practice. I don't know. But I, I feel like I've seen a scenario where he tried to pull it. It didn't go well. Um, I, I'll just be happy if we get the punts off this year, Maceo, without him getting blocked. Um, yeah. So, but uh, but no, I think special teams will be improved this year. I think a lot of that will go to the uh, the competition they have by all the – really the players they brought in to help push that competition to the next mm-hmm. level. Yeah. All right. That'll uh that'll do it unless we get any late special teams questions. Maceo, this has been a fun position preview uh series that we've done to get us through uh really the the dead of the offseason now. We're into preseason camp. We got a lot of things happening. You know, you're gonna be involved. I don't know how much you want to divulge in the coming weeks more with ECU sports coverage locally with other uh entities as well. But uh we'll be seeing you around either way, man. And you know, hopefully we can keep keep getting you on the Hoist of Colors podcast as well every now and then. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I, I enjoyed my time for sure this summer. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, keep getting some you good on. Ball to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll uh, we'll try to get you on some reaction shows, and uh, then you'll really see what it's like to be answering questions <laughs> under fires. Uh, you yeah, can, you can comment on the uh, the play calling, the decision making, and really make a lot of friends. So. Yeah, for sure. Frenemies. <laughs> Exactly. That is Macy O'Donnell. I'm Stephen Igo. We'll be back. I think we're shooting for Wednesday for a basketball podcast, but we'll uh, keep you updated there. Uh, by the way, 60% off special on hoistedcolors.net for your preseason camp coverage ends tonight at midnight. If you're not a subscriber yet, give us a try tonight uh, by midnight. 60% for the next year, you get 60% off. So check that out, hoistedcolors.net. All right, this has been fun. We'll talk to you guys again next time. This has been the Hoisted Colors podcast. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.